2: I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. All right, Carl, thank you very much. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner, front and center this hour, mega caps momentum. Why it doesn't look to be slowing down as all eyes now turn to Amazon earnings in just a few hours. From now, the Investment Committee sizing up all of that, debating where the tech trade goes from here. Joining me for the hour today, Josh Brown, Steve Weiss, Liz Young, Jason Snipe. Let's check the markets. Uh, We're in the green, uh, decidedly so. And the Nasdaq is outperforming GDP, missed expectations. Meta, however, did not. Uh, And this is very much about Meta's momentum. It's Mojo and Josh Brown, um, the big reason why these companies continue to show you why the money flows here. Yeah, I think
3: this is going to go down as one of the biggest turnarounds of all time. When you just think about the sheer amount of market cap lost and then regained inside of a very small window, like less than 24 months, you would really be hard pressed to think of a lot of examples in the history of the stock market where a company this big fell that hard and then regained so much of it back so quickly. It really is wild. And credit to the meta believers who were either able to sit through that incredible 77% drawdown uh, and ride it all the way back, or the people who came in when it was very out of favor and said, I understand all the issues, but I think they're going to fix it. They fixed it. This is a company, not just cost cutting, but beating on revenue again. That's news. Like for me, that's the big news. And what they have been able to do with reels, I think is the big story. They're talking about a 24% increase in engagement on Instagram. This was the thing that I would say, like half the analysts told them, don't do that. Instagram prior to two years ago was primarily people following either celebrities they were already fans of or their family and friends. And they said, you know what? We have to play defense. TikTok is all over the place. We have to figure out a way to algorithmically include new follows into people's feeds and they will like it and again half of wall street said no they're not going to like it they got used to instagram being their family and friends don't do it they did it anyway it worked they have the engagement the dollars will soon follow successfully fending off tiktok on their own turf and i think that that is if you're a shareholder that was the thing that you were most worried about a year ago Mm -hmm. now the stock is up substantially off the low it's back to being 1.4 percent of the
2: S&P 500, and you have a lot less to worry about from that standpoint. Do you remember that conversation that you and Stephanie Link had some time back, Josh Brown, when, sure as I do, right, when she sold Alphabet, sure do. and she bought Meta, and you said something to the effect of, good luck, you're going to, you're going to sell Meta. Uh, I think it was still Facebook, called Facebook, and you're going to buy Alphabet back, and that turned out to be one heck of a move by Stephanie Link, didn't it, Josh?
3: No doubt about it. Steph deserves all the credit on. I don't know where she bought it originally, but whatever, she's still in it. The stock is working.
2: You know, Weiss. The other thing is maybe the re-rating uh, is not complete, as New Street tried to claim it was when it downgraded Meta on the 17th. And that was the crux and title of their note, that this re, the year of efficiency re-rating is likely complete. Um, obviously, it is not.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that uh, from a momentum standpoint, for sure. Zuckerberg uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves. He generally gets too much of the blame and and not enough credit. But here he said, hey, you know what? Times have changed. Uh, the investor wants us to spend less on the metaverse. We're still committed to it. It's still going to spend but uh, but we're gonna control that spending. And like the other big, tap, big tech companies, take advantage of the environment to get more efficient. So all that's working. But I, I think moves like this in, in the stock and other stocks that we've seen, like Microsoft, are really more comments on the market Than uh, than on the company themselves. I mean, it just shouldn't have this kind of move, particularly when the stock is just about doubled from the lows already. We'd have thought, I think, a lot of that was already absorbed into the stock price. So yes, so it's the momentum keeps going in. People want to buy more of the winners. Uh, I don't know. I doubt there was a big short interest here. I haven't looked because typically doesn't matter. It's so liquid. But I think that's what's doing it. So the market's been both both very punitive and very gracious in rewarding winners. So I don't know that you can say this is part of an additional re-rating as much as it. They perceive safety here. They perceive the turns been made. They perceive that you know there's going to be a counter-cyclical play here. So they got their if mojo back. Recession.
2: Right. They got their mojo yeah. back. They, they, they put sure their they eye did. back on the proverbial ball, and they they became more fit. If you want to use that word, I'm channeling Brad yeah. Gerstner, of course, who many, you know, would argue got this whole thing started in the first place with his letter to Zuckerberg and the, and the board urging Meta to become more fit. He tweets, Brad does, by the way, today. We'll show you, Zuck for the win. Uh, he sure looks more fit in this picture that, uh, that Brad manufactured because there's Zuck, all jacked. Uh, and he has the right to be. And by the way, Brad Gerstner is going to join us on Monday from uh, Milken out in Los Angeles. We can't wait for that, because uh, he's all juiced up about what they have delivered here. And you know, Jason Snipe, um, it's just evidence that as you know, we're worried about the economy and we have more reason to be concerned about where growth is going from here. With GDP today, missing by almost a full point, 100%. the money's going to flow here. It's not, it's not a big shock. It's going it's to flow to Meta, it's going to flow to Microsoft, it's going to flow to NVIDIA, it's going to flow to Apple and then anything else that is perceived to be, you know, cash flow, print and money, um, they're in the right areas like AI, regardless of whether it's a, a bubble or not, and we can discuss that in a second, but this is where the money's going, follow the money.
4: Without a doubt, Scott. I mean, and, and you know, I think coming into this week, you know, our, our concern was around cloud, you know, for, for tech and you see what Microsoft did, you know, those numbers are very strong, you know, Azure came in in line, you know, for thinking about Google Cloud. Google Cloud was their, was their first positive quarter, you know, in their history for their cloud business. Um, you know, so I, so I think as it relates to just the broader tech spectrum, I mean, we talk a lot about these names, a lot of folks are off positioning and all this jazz, but to your point, when it's about innovation, AI, this, all this discussion, this is where the money has been going. And I think stockholders have obviously been rewarded as a result. Liz, you know,
2: NVIDIA top pick into earnings at Morgan Stanley. Again, they're all over the AI thing. Checks indicating the significant enthusiasm we've seen from AI adopters has translated into reacceleration for data center center product. It it just underscores, as I said, um, Morgan Stanley expects GDP to contract by 0.4% in Q2. If you're you're worried about growth, Mm -hmm. aren't you going to see money come out of cyclicals Mm
5: -hmm.
2: like it has been and go into... The, the most of the mega caps, maybe not all, but the ones that I named?
5: Yes, uh, that would be the simple answer. But if you break it up into looking at something like semiconductors, that's a cyclical component of tech. So I would expect that if we do confirm a drawdown, and I do think that we will have a drawdown and an economic contraction later this year, you're going to see money come out of the market broadly, just at different magnitudes. And at this level of valuation, I would expect some of the froth to come out of tech as well, but it's very possible that we don't need to see a new low in the NASDAQ. It's very possible that we don't go back to a a huge bear market in the NASDAQ, because last year it did happen. Now, in Mm -hmm. the S&P, in the Dow, I think it's very possible we do see either the same low or something lower because those are more influenced by cyclicals. I mean, we've
2: had many conversations over the last, you know, at least month where you had been suggesting like most uh, or at least many to sell some of this rip that we've seen in yeah. tech. Are you rethinking that after you've heard from most of these companies, but Amazon tonight and Apple next week?
5: So I had said uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago, sell semiconductors. I stand by that, absolutely the broader tech universe. Now, if you look at what the leadership has been, it has been a lot of big tech names, and you've seen pretty narrow leadership mm-hmm. in this rally. So we are sort of putting all of our cards in those big names to keep us afloat. I think you can probably trim some gains the if big you've boat. got- It's a, it's a big Ooh, boat. Big it boat. is a big boat. But if, if valuations right? are too get off the raft and high, get in the big boat. Sure. But if valuations are too high and we have another hike next week, we already are seeing yields rise a little bit today. Mm -hmm. If they continue to rise, you probably see some pressure on those valuations. It's okay to trim and take some gains because you also want to make sure that you have dry powder for redeploying it into good opportunities things like financials maybe later on this year that would be a good upside opportunity after that
2: okay so new 52 week high today from meta on the back of that beat carrie firestone joins us on the phone right now she of course a meta shareholder Uh, carrie your reaction to what we're witnessing here
0: yeah hi scott thanks for having me Uh, well we're not surprised particularly given what we saw at microsoft The market has just been looking for confirmation that these big tech names, which are among the leaders in the economy, not just the stock market, but the economy, are on the right track. And with Meta, of course, the bar was higher because they've been cutting costs. They've gotten religion. They're doing the right things about expenses. But they had to start showing something positive on the revenue side. Now, a, a gain of under 3 percent is not phenomenal when you're talking about big growth growth companies, but it's positive. And they showed for the fourth quarter in a row, and Increase in daily average users. They talked about um, the less than in prior conference calls. They talked about increasing the reach. They talked about three billion users. I mean, you wonder how many people there are on Earth, honestly, when they're on, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and WhatsApp. And right. one or of revenue. I mean, that's not nothing. That's a but, that's a big number. These are huge companies.
2: But but how do you So take it. Let's look forward then, because I I got all the stuff they delivered in front of me. But how do you reconcile the dramatic increase in the stock from the bottom and how you think about what the upside from here really is, whether uh, this kind of a move today is deserved? Um, How do you think about those sorts of questions moving forward as a shareholder in this company?
0: Well, the stock right now trades at 17 times next year's earnings. So it's below a market multiple, I mean, it's roughly a market multiple next year and with a lot more growth potential, particularly if you start to see a pickup in advertising. And we know we've been in a recession in the entire digital advertising world. If you look at Google, for example, and so... I think the fourth quarter was the bottom, and we would expect there to be incremental gains. By the fourth quarter of this year, we're going to start to compare against easy numbers, much easier numbers, and uh, we should start to see growth. Uh, If there isn't more revenue growth, I mean, we start to see numbers in the high single digits and then then double digits uh, as we exit the year. That would be what we're looking for. And, and And I think that's what's driving the stock higher, not just the cost margins are better that you know we're looking for the numbers for 20 perhaps go higher than than what we have in estimates right now
2: all right kerry appreciate it uh... kerry firestone calling in right pointing out revs did grow three percent as josh said at the top as well it's the first quarter of year-over-year rev growth uh, after three quarters of declines Um, so josh it just brings me back to those comments you made yesterday steve kovac referenced them in the final moments of the the prior program uh, about this idea of a bubble that we're in, in in AI. I mean, things can remain irrational if you view them as such for a long time. Yeah, it's like every it's like every other
3: bubble. It's not made up out of thin air. AI is absolutely going to revolutionize the world that we live in over the next five, 10 years. I don't think even the skeptics would say that that's like some, some kind of pie in the sky idea. But two things, number one, we may not like all the ways in which AI affects the stock market, the economy, uh, the way that we work, the way that we interact with each other, may not necessarily be all good, that's one. And two, the publicly traded options that we have right now, if we want to invest in the theme, may not be the right companies to own long-term. And how many bubbles do you have to have lived through to not understand that concept? So what I'm telling you is that the machinery out West Is full speed ahead how many AI related stocks can we bring out to the public this year and not just in the United States they'll do it in Europe to a lesser extent they'll do it in Asia we're gonna get flooded with options to invest in AI in addition to the millions of press releases that will be put out by companies that are not AI specific but need to have a quote AI strategy so this is all you're gonna hear between now and the end of the year and again it's not a hundred percent hype the technology is absolutely blowing people's minds. Uh So uh if we're going to have an AI bubble, one thing you can expect is that a lot of people are gonna get burned in small caps or new IPOs or SPACs that claim that they have some sort of AI whatever. And then the other thing that you'll see happen is people who are a little bit more level-headed but equally thirsty, are going to gravitate toward the NVIDIAs and the Microsofts of the world because they, are, they'll, they will be seen as the quote unquote safer ways to play AI. One thing's for sure, if you're running money in an active growth strategy, your clients or your LPs or whatever, they're calling you and they're going, what do you think of AI? How are we going to play AI? So this is this is what is is going to drive market cap. This is what's going to drive activity. Everyone on this desk knows, because we've all seen it before. You will see it again, you're seeing it right now.
2: So I want to steer then the conversation towards Amazon tonight. I mean, Meta mentioned AI 57 times on the com- conference call. Now, yeah, no, Andy Jassy, no may, Andy Jassy we, may try and mention it 57 times, but I mean, Amazon, Jason 58. Stipe, you own the stock. I'll come back to you in a second, Josh. Jason Stipe, I mean, you, you own it too. Yep. Um, it's obviously not the crux of the story. At, at Amazon, so they can mention it as many times as they may want to try and join in the hype parade, uh, but there are other issues at play. Cloud growth continues to slow. Revenue growth of AWS is expected around 15%, to be the slowest year on year pace since 15 yep. when they started breaking it out. They got the cost cutting, the ad business is slowing, e commerce sales have been decreasing as well. Now, you could say, okay, maybe the bar is extraordinarily low yes. going into tonight for all of those reasons
4: that I said. How do you say? And I agree 100%. I think, you know, as it relates to AWS, clearly there's deceleration. There's been deceleration across the cloud with all the major players in the space. But, um, you know, 15%, I think, again, it's kind of right-sizing. That that part of the economy, I think, is normalizing. Um, I do think, you know, we've talked a lot about this goods to services move. I do think there might be some reacceleration in e-commerce, you know, for, for for Amazon's business. Also, the cost story is a big story. They hired 746,000 people through the pandemic and only shaved 18,000. So operational margins will be in focus. But I think, honestly, I think the, I think the print will be decent. You know, I don't, I'm not terribly concerned about it. I think we could continue to see some acceleration. It's obviously performed well year-to-date. It's performed year-to-date
2: uh, well, Josh, obviously, but it's been... You know maybe the most questionable of all of the so-called fang stocks over the last year plus so how do you see it heading into the number yeah i
3: mean i'm i'm a shareholder so i like that it's rallying into the number but this has definitely been a laggard on the way back up from those october lows We really haven't gotten the same uh move higher that we saw with meta but i think the reason is obvious with meta everybody on wall street agreed to so like what do we wanna see from this company? We wanted to see lower the, the, the benefit of those lower expenses play out on the bottom line. We wanted to see some semblance of revenue growth or approaching revenue growth come back. And we wanted to hear a lot less about the metaverse and we wanted to hear a lot more about the really important businesses like Instagram. So Facebook knew what the script was and that's the script they were able to deliver on. I don't know what Wall Street wants to see from Amazon. I feel like it's almost all over the map, and there are concerns with multiple parts of the business. I don't think that this is an AI, like, I don't think it's necessary for them to talk a lot about AI. Actually, Amazon is probably the best example of the other big buzzword that you're gonna hear about ad nauseum, robotics. Uh, I think they make a 1,000 robots a day or something. Um, But put that aside. What is the growth story that you wanna hear Jassy deliver on? Um, What are the problem areas that you most wanna see addressed? I think there's a difference of opinion and there's a really wide spectrum. Meta was cut and dry and they did it. So that's why I'm a little bit apprehensive going into tonight. Um, but I'm a, I'm a long term shareholder here. I have been for a very long time. So we'll stick with it and see if they can deliver something that someone likes. They weren't able to last quarter.
2: You feel like there's an inordinate amount of pressure on Jassy at this moment. I mean he, yes. you know, he got handed the keys yes. to a car when it was, you know, all the cylinders were were pumping, right? And and this thing was cruising along. Um, but then things started to break down a little bit and he's the the chief mechanic if you will. who has got to figure out the right way to put this thing back together again and get it back on the on the highway at top speed.
3: Yeah, F- fam, let me make this clear. I'm going to adjust my microphone. They will deny it until <laughs> it happens. But the guy, the 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 big guy always comes back. Starbucks, the guy came back three times. Okay, uh, B- 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 Bieger just came back. Like they all come back. So he's going to come back if the stock doesn't perform. And that I think is actually one of the more bullish um, aspects of the story where the stock is right now. Either they, either they get it out the mud, or Bezos comes back. Either way, the stock works, right? Uh-huh. So I think that there is a likelihood if we don't see some positive momentum here uh... and maybe some more progress on cost-cutting uh... and some tangible benefit to shareholders from that cost-cutting i think that is out there in the wind i don't know anything more than anyone else i'm not a reporter i'm just telling you i've seen this happen too many times i just looked at his outfit from coachella um, i gotta tell you that's gonna start getting old that, <laughs> yeah. that he's there's no there's no way there's no way he's gonna stand there nodding to tame impala in in a hummingbird shirt <laughs> while this stock sits at a hundred bucks a share forever, it's just not. It's just unlikely. Like, to, to, if you if you think I'm wrong about that, tell me how I could be wrong about that. No, so I, I'm a shareholder. Raised- I hope Jassy can fix it. I just I think it's this optionality in what could happen here uh, in the second half of the year. I
2: hear you. I'm not going to comment on the Coachella shout gar, to Jeff though. I, Ch- I listen, you.
3: shout shout to Jeff though. I want him to have fun. It, it's not about that. It's not Weiss, about that. May,
2: maybe you know. It, Jassy needs to lean in tonight to the efficiency, the cost cutting, the right sizing, whatever language he uses to continue to sell to Wall Street, that he's got a vision for how this company can get its mojo back if you you even think that it's lost it.
1: Yeah, so look, so every CEO feels pressure. Perhaps Jassy feels a little bit more given the ones that he's typically compared to have, have done so well. Uh, But let's keep in mind that, that he didn't do a lot of what he's got to unwind at the company. But Amazon's not like Microsoft, Amazon's not like Meta. Amazon, all profitability, all spending comes from the cloud. So to the extent AWS growth is slowing, that ratchets up what he has to do with the rest of the company. And therein lies the issue. So unless cloud reaccelerates, it's still a monster business, sixty billion dollar business, I believe, unless it reaccelerates, you're gonna to continue to see, I think, pressure on the rest of the business in a declining economy. So I don't think there's a ton of expectation there. Clearly, it's ratcheted up post-Meta, post-Microsoft, post-Google, but uh, but I think that if he can just show that that growth has not gone down to 15% in the cloud and it's stabilized, I think that's a big part of the battle because you can read through that saying, okay, in the remainder of the company, then we'll see what happens there. But yeah, if Bezos comes back, of course it's great. I'm not so sure that, uh, I think that's a tough bet to make though.
2: All right. Well, we're going to see overtime uh, tonight when those numbers come out. I'll lead you up to that, of course, during closing bell with some great guests that we have planned for you this evening. Up next, one under the weather, healthcare stock having its worst day in nearly three years. We've got ownership on the desk as well. We'll debate it. We'll name it. We'll trade it when we come back. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit odfl.com to learn more.
6: What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones.
2: Welcome back, market's having a little bit of a rip here. Let's get to our chart of the day of a stock that is not. It is abV it's down 8%. They reported weaker than expected sales of some of their newer drugs. Jason Snipe, you own a BBV.
4: Yeah, so obviously some ugly price action today. Uh, it was a rev beat, EPS was in line. Um, I still like the pipeline of the business. I think there I think there's still some good drugs here. Um, but the, the deal here is Humerus has been weak. Um, Rinvoke was weak. Sky Reezy is also decelerating. Botox is still relatively strong. Um, so I think, I think that's really what the street is analyzing now, and just some of the diversification that they've been talking about and some of those drugs underperforming. So that's really what we see. But I still like the free cash flow on this name, it's over, above 5 percent. But again, I think with this particular business, just, just broadly, biotech, you know, the FDA is always in the way of getting these drugs approved, and I think sometimes as it relates to the timeline, you know, you can see some slowdown in some You're of You're not concerned
2: at all about Rinvoke, Skyrizi, Humira, I mean, sales missed on all three of those critical drugs, right? Botox is not a needle mover.
4: It's not. It's not. But SkyRIzy, there was a miss quarter over quarter, but it's still up 45 percent year over year. So there has been some deceleration. There definitely is a concern for us, um, and it's under review now. You know, we've held the name for a while, and it's, it's performed well in the past. And you know, obviously the price action is not strong today.
2: Yeah, they're spending a lot on advertising. I mean, you watch anything, and you see commercials for all three of those uh, almost nonstop. Uh, you like healthcare?
5: I have liked healthcare as a long-term play for a long time. Yeah. I think at this point, if you're looking at something like pharmaceuticals and biotech, particularly in the small-cap space, but also the large-cap space, it is kind of a growthy play. And I might wait it out a little bit here. But healthcare in the large-cap space and other places is probably still okay for a long-term hold. Weiss,
2: so you you still own Humana, right? Yes or no?
1: Yep. You yes, I own, do. You yeah. still own. I actually added to it after the quarter. I thought the quarter was. Uh, was pretty good. Went to his trade, and and you know I, I like it, and I also added to United Health.
2: Yeah, I thought you owned United Health. I thought that wasn't on my list, but yes, I, I thought you still own that. And obviously, Moderna. So profitable healthcare is still where you're at.
1: Yeah, and actually, United Health is my largest position at this point. So, um, so yeah, it's still where I am, um, and I believe that you've gotten some of the headwinds under control, which your CMS pricing has been absorbed into the stock prices, into the market, and I think it's off to the races. Uh, unless you see a major you know, decline in, in employment, these stocks will do, I think, quite well.
2: Josh Brown,
3: what about you? Look, I think that this is an area where you can find growth that is not necessarily predicated on global economic growth, and if we continue to see GDP uh, estimates and reality ratcheted down, I don't really think that these stocks will be negatively affected. So, pick your pick your stories, pick your stocks that you like in the group, uh, and I think it'll be one area where you'll get some insulation from what we're witnessing elsewhere.
2: You know, I'm looking at, you know, Merck uh, down two percent. Uh, that's been a, a big winner. Throw up shares of Merck, guys, if we could. M R K. Take a look at that one, uh, because that stock's still down about 1%. Bristol-Myers, EPS beat, Rebs missed, you can throw that. And then Lilly, their EPS missed, too. Uh, top line did beat, and that stock was up, as they had reiterated their full-year guidance. That's Lilly. Uh, LLY, we see that one, too. Uh, before we take a quick break. There we go. Uh, It's still higher as well, as is the tape. Uh, We're at the highs of the day. Dow's good for better than 314. We'll call it 315. NASDAQ's still the outperformer. S&P's giving you 50 plus today, too. Uh, So we've got a big day going on. We'll take a break and we will come back. We'll talk about Intel's moment of truth yet again. The company is set to report its results today after the bell. We'll get you set up next.
6: Time Report. I'm Courtney Reagan. Here's our CNBC news update at this hour. West Virginia's Republican Governor Jim Justice is running for Democrat Joe Manchin's pivotal Senate seat. The governor filed official paperwork today to kick off a 2024 campaign. Manchin said he will not decide whether to run for re-election until closer to the end of the year, but said he will quote, win any race that I enter. The U.S. Navy said Iran seized an oil tanker that was headed to Houston, Texas today. The ship was a Marshall islands flag tanker and was in the Gulf of Oman. This comes amid growing tensions over Tehran's nuclear program. Navy officials said the tanker issued a distress call during the seizure and said Iran's actions were, quote, contrary to international law. And Dropbox said it will lay off 500 employees. That's about 16% of its workforce. In a statement today, CEO Drew Houston said the company has been reckoning with slowing growth and an urgency to focus more on artificial intelligence powered products. Houston said the company has done, quote, whatever possible, but the next stage of growth requires a different mix of skill sets. Becker View, Scott.
2: Court, thank you. That's Courtney Reagan. It's been a tough month for semis, a number of names in that sector falling double digits in April. That includes Intel set to report earnings in overtime. Christina Nevelos is back here at Post 9 with a look at what investors can expect. I mean, stocks up 11% year to date. I don't know what that does to where the bar is for a company where the bar has been pretty low for a long time at this point. Speaking
8: of that, we're expecting a 40% drop in uh, just Q1 revenue alone, and that's because the company warned that. But the big question I want to ask, is it all priced in? And I ask that because STM Microelectronics, which is a European company, they're down right now 8%, and that's because of weak consumer electronic demand, something that you would think would already be priced in but clearly isn't. So the narrative right now on Wall Street is that the PC bottom is pretty much in. Microsoft just yesterday said, quote, PC demand was a bit better than expected, particularly in the commercial segment. But of course, inventory level is still high. Texas Instrument implied a PC bottom, even though they didn't actually say it forthright. The big co- a problem, though, is data center demand, because that's less certain, even with Intel's new product launches in the second half of this year. But analyst Ming-Chi Kuo, known for his pretty much accurate Apple forecast, says that Intel's Q2 supply chain was recently told to cut their server chips orders by 50 percent due to weak demand, pointing out Microsoft, which is a large Intel customer, has already cut orders. So we're expecting maybe commentary on that on the call tonight. Overall, though, the PC bottom might be in, but Intel has to deal with deterioration in cloud build, weaker IT spend, not only delays in its server CPU chips, which is the Sapphire Rapids, but market share loss to AMD. So these are all factors to still consider despite the stock climbing, like you said, 11%.
2: So I remember, um, I don't know, some month ago, whatever it was, Stacey Rascon of Bernstein, remember when he upgraded the stock, right? He's, he's had a sell on it for a long time. It was kind of a reluctant upgrade where it's like, well, not getting any worse is almost as good as getting better.
8: Since when is the status quo acceptable? <laughs> like I can upgrade May- a stock m- just because, oh, maybe, status quo.
2: Maybe with this one, it is. And maybe we just need to hear that it's not getting worse.
8: I I know Intel, they have the Foundry business. Uh, They are more exposed to server chips. But overall, this deterioration in chips or the chip slowdown is more prolonged than we anticipated. We saw that with Samsung. Their earnings came out, yes, uh, this morning, really early. 95% drop in profit, the worst that we've seen in in quite a while. And that's weighing on micron shares right now. Okay, fine. You're going to say that's memory. But then you have to look at other industrials seeing some weakness. PC, consumer electronics, STM, still weak. So maybe there's still some bad to go. Yeah, I don't know. It was
2: about as half-hearted an upgrade as as you will ever see on Wall Street. By the way, Stacey's going to be with me in closing bell uh, today to get us set up for for those earnings. You said earlier, though, you're a seller of the chips. Yeah,
5: my my final trade on April 3rd, I looked up the date, was sell semis. This was partially because I do think that we're heading into somewhat of a stagflationary environment. I know GDP was positive today, but it's below trend. It was unimpressive. And as you continue to see some of that slowdown in growth, these cyclical components are going to get hit. And if there's a cyclical component of tech, this is it. I don't think that there's a ton of upside until we get a correction. What, day, what date was that? April 3rd. April 3rd. Down 8% since then. 7.98%. Right. So I thought just, you were trying to say it was a good call. I just
2: wanted to make sure we were <laughs> on the same page. Same so I get that out. Fourth straight negative week, Weiss, for the SMH. Uh, hasn't been a good place to be, as, as Liz Young <laughs> artfully says. She told you so on a what date? Subtle. April 3rd. Subtle, yeah. April 3rd.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I confirmed that in my calendar also. I, I keep a record <laughs> of all of this. If only you were
2: that good, Weiss.
1: <laughs> and, and, yeah, exactly right. That's that why good. I do it. Uh, April 3rd at 1214 in the afternoon, Eastern yeah. uh, <laughs> Time. Look, right. I mean, it, it, you know, there's, people want to believe the recovery is there, and while inventories have gotten better, in other words, not in, not in SPAT, uh, inventory is still an issue. And if you look at memory, uh, you're getting no response, despite Samsung saying, hey, you know, we think that this is the bottom. Well, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with China also. So if you can't sell memory chips in China and you can't sell other semi-chips in China, if that comes out, then you recreate the inventory problems here. So, So I don't think there's a ton of downside here, but it's definitely, you know, I think you can get a better opportunity and you're not gonna make much money owning them here. They had their bounce and the bounce failed. So NVIDIA is just a special breed. you know. Maybe that keeps going even though that's weak somewhat as well. That's all gonna be out the board, it's gonna be binary. But if I can just mention data centers, uh, data centers are gonna be a phenomenal place to be. As you have more AI compute, you've got more requirements for the cloud, for storage in the cloud. So that's to me is just a temporary pause. Plus, with edge computing, I want to look at data centers here. I think that's a good spot over the next year two, three, four, five, pick it.
8: But data centers, AI, need GPUs over CPUs, and that could be the debt Are
2: you talking about NVIDIA now?
8: Well, I, I didn't want to bring roads up-
2: roads always no, lead to NVIDIA. No, but even, to even
8: AMD, which is their earnings are out next week, that could be a positive mm. uh, uptick for them. But the problem with Intel is that they focus more on CPUs, and this AI push may benefit the other names that we just talked about as opposed to Intel, because they're buying GPUs, graphic right. processing units. All
2: right, Christina, thank you. Thanks. That's Christina Partzineboulos here straight ahead big oils big moment pair of energy heavyweights reporting earnings tomorrow we get you set up for those ahead of those numbers next
1: grade my trade send us your latest stock move and the investment committee will debate it and grade it email us at ask at cnbc.com or tweet us hashtag grade my
7: trade
2: Welcome back. Big oil, big earnings uh, tomorrow morning. Chevron, Exxon, both of them. Jason Snipe, give me Chevron first. You own that, along with the XLE. Yeah, But focus specifically on Chevron.
4: Yeah, so Chevron's down around 7% um, year-to-date. But I I really like the free cash flow story. Free cash flow around a little above 8% here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think they will benefit from the supply-demand mismatch that I think still exists in, in the energy complex. I also believe the surprise cut from OPEC will benefit uh, Chevron going forward. You know, energy has underperformed. The XLE is down 3.5% year-to-date. So well, I, I you got demand th- questions,
2: right? 100%. And now I feel like, you know, now that you have the GDP miss, yep. and now you have some talking about negative growth in this quarter, the overhang of demand questions is going to be there. Which I think is Maybe concerning, for Maybe sure. supersedes everything else at this moment.
4: And that's possible. But I think also China coming back online is a catalyst for oil going forward. And we still got to fill the SBR. That was coming from some political stuff. But I do think energy still has some tailwinds going forward.
2: Okay. Uh, Josh Brown, you got the IEO, right? The oil oil and gas exploration and production ETF.
3: Yeah, I would say two things. Be really careful about trying to draw... Uh, A straight line from economic growth expectations or GDP or whatever metric you're you're focused on and what you think the price of oil is gonna be because it is not quite that simple that's first second I think the real issue for the IEO names and I'm in this ETF really really is is natural gas and those types of surpluses tend to uh, work themselves out. So I I stay along the the, the space. I've been here for a while now. I think these companies will continue to be more profitable than what most people think. And uh, I think the stocks will keep working.
2: Yeah, a little replay there. You like to replay it back in real time as you're saying it so you can hear yourself (laughs) every few words. That's what this has come to? (laughs) I don't know what that was. Anyhow, uh, you sounded good twice. Uh, Liz, energy. But I, am I like a pro, energy. And you saw
5: how I uh, adapted <laughs> yeah. to it. So, I I still like energy. I actually think that the SPR refill is going to be a major point that changes, or at least gives it a little bit of a boost. We have to get past the debt ceiling. They don't have money to spend to refill the SPR yet, but when yeah. they do, I think that floor actually holds on oil prices, and that's supportive for the stocks.
2: Okay, give you a reminder uh, as well that the Exxon Mobil CEO Darren Woods is going to be on Squawk tomorrow morning, seven thirty a.m. Uh, So you don't want to miss that interview on the backside of, of that company's earnings. All right. Up next, Mike Santoli with his midday word. We're back on the half right after this. Dow's better than 300. Senior Markets Commentator Mike Santoli is here for his midday word. I mean, GDP week, meta good. Yeah. What do we have? Like Fed stop plus mega cap Momo? Is that what today's That's
9: about? That's a big piece of it. Although I think people can take either side of the GDP week because the immediate market reaction in the dollar and in yields was consumer spending still has momentum and inflation is still sticky. So headline week, but we can play that however we like. I think there's an attempt. To alter the script a little bit today because the storyline has been super weak breath in this market. Most Mm -hmm. stocks actually struggling while a handful of mega caps support the indexes. Today it's looking a little bit better. It's 70% uh, to the upside. The other difference today is Amazon ripping in advance of its numbers. So it's up 5%. People got the joke, right? We, we had M- Microsoft and Meta run away from us yeah, after yeah. Upside Surprise. So we'll see if that changes things in terms of the setup there. Uh, still think it feels very neutral. Um, you know, regional banks up 2%. That helps take the pressure off. But we're back up on the S&P to 4,100, which is the level we couldn't get away from uh, for a couple of weeks there.
2: We just put it in, in slate yeah. or in marble. We'll carve it into the marble over there.
9: Pretty much. And it might, after today or after the earnings tonight, you know, we're going to be in pre-Fed mode. Uh, We'll see if that sort of traps us there uh, or not, which wouldn't be the worst thing.
2: Yeah. Let's see uh, the tolerance for rates as well, moving up. What's your green uh, across the entire curve today? They are green, still
9: in that okay zone. What I've been watching is things like the one-year T-bill yield, which tells you where we think we're going to end up in terms of terminal rate, uh, and it's not nearly back to where we were before SVB. It's just perked up off the lows. Yeah. All right. We'll see you uh, closing Yep. I'll look forward to that. That's Mike Santoli. Grade
2: My Trade is up next. You can send us an email. Ask halftime at cnbc.com. You can tweet us. We're right back. All right, trade my trade time. First up, Jason Snipe. All right, Noah bought Target a few months ago. 159 a share. I feel like it's a great investment, he says, as inflation is easing. You own Target. Do you feel like it's a great in- investment?
4: I think it's solid here. I think, you know, what we saw in the last print in, in February is inventory. The inventory story is, is behind them. I think they're, they're working towards getting to operational margin between 5 and 6%. I think that will happen in this quarter. You're relatively flat on the stock. I also think, as, as they've recharacterized to a staple, I think that also could be a catalyst if we see some form of a slowdown this All quarter. Right. Steve Weiss
2: from Terry. bought Bungie for a long-term position on December 15th. Buy, sell, or hold? What do you think?
1: I'm still holding on to mine. They'll report May 3rd. I think the stock's cheap. I mean, you know, aside from it being basically a commodity stock, and is always going to look cheap, I think this one's particularly cheap. However, it's been stuck in a rating range, in a range of 90 to 100. I think we'll go through the upper end of it. I'm looking forward to a good quarter.
2: OK, uh, Liz, to you uh, from Pete. Uh, CNBC contributors have been talking about gold. What percentage of a portfolio should be in gold, and how would you play that?
5: I am one of the people who's been talking about gold, and I do still think that it's a good opportunity. The question is really, where do you take the money from? If you have cash laying around that is not yet invested in a money market or a short-term treasury to get a yield, gold in this environment serves a preservation cause, and you want to think about what are you trying to preserve everybody's percentage is going to be different i'm a pretty firm believer that five percent is about the minimum that you want to put in something to really make it count so as long as you have enough other preservation in the portfolio think about five ish as a minimum
2: okay joe t has been talking a lot as you know about gold Uh, he's been in there newmont mining you have two, josh right uh... yes i'm in newmont just because i don't really
3: trade commodities but i agree with what Liz said Um, I'm not religious about gold one way or the other. I just think technically it's about to break out. I understand the fundamental story as to why it's about to break out. And when it does, I think Newmont, it may not be the
2: best way to play it, but it's the way that I'm happy uh, to to play it. Okay. We're going to step away. We'll do Final Trades next.
1: Are you following the Halftime Report podcast? What are you waiting for? Look for us in your favorite podcasting app. Follow the Halftime Podcast now.
2: All right, Dow's still good for better than 300 points. Honeywell's contributing today. That stock's up six bucks, three and a quarter percent. Jason Snipe, it's yours. EPS beat, revs beat,
4: raised guidance. Yeah. Triple play, triple play. And I think, you know, the, the, the strength in aerospace is, is still there. You know, I think that's playing out in the stock. There's also a lot of backlog in terms of orders, and I think that's why we've seen a nice run here.
2: Okay. Throw up Amazon, too, uh, guys, if you would. Let's just check on that again as we talk about their earnings that are coming tonight in overtime. Uh, stocks ramping uh, into that, uh, very much so today. Was 4% plus we got that? Amazon? Yeah, there you go. Uh, almost 5%. About 5 bucks, AMZN as we, uh, we look forward to those earnings tonight, the final fang of the week. Speaking of closing bell today, well, we got a big show. Dee Bose is going to be with us, get you set up for Amazon. Uh, Mark Mahaney will as well. Alex Kanchowitz, Malcolm Etheridge, he's a shareholder there, so he'll give you the shareholder point of view. Joe Terranova with us. Stacy Rascon, he's a top-ranked chips analyst as well as we look forward to Intel and their report. But let's do final trades before we get out of here. Lizzie Young, why don't you start us off?
5: Final trade today is energy for many of the reasons I mentioned before. I do think that there is a floor on the prices and I think demand stays strong.
4: Okay. Jason Snipe. Honeywell for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier, but it's a nice pop, and I can see continued runway from all here. All
2: right, he's reiterating a buy, in other words. Uh, Honeywell, good for 3%. Uh Stephen Weiss.
1: I still like United Healthcare. I think that stock's gonna be off to the races.
2: All right, you guys are really original. Josh Brown, do you have something new?
3: I'm going into uh, the print tonight, Long Amazon. God help me. All right.
2: All right. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you at closing bell. Uh, Three o'clock, the exchanges now. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC.
0: Completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full halftime report disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash halftime report disclaimer.
7: Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. X don't give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience.
1: And
7: that's that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Next. Go, give it to ya. Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Give Order now at
2: Acura.com.